Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, honey? I'm Sadi Simone. For years, I was looking for a spiritual sanctuary, but never felt like I fit into the wellness space. I was so turned off by the idea that I had to fit into what spirituality should look like or should sound like, I carved out a niche of my own. By embracing my spiritual assassin nature, I became an embodied permission slip to allow others to do the same. Spiritually sass is owning where you fall on the many spectrums of life, living in the complex gray areas between normal and nonconformist. Whether you identify as plain vanilla or sparkly rainbow gelato, my community welcomes and celebrates you in all your delicious potential. This podcast is for people longing for an avant-garde awakening. On the Spiritually Sassy Show, we're going to explore and celebrate what it means to show up in your full power, feeling fabulous, looking fabulous, and making a fabulous impact together. One guest at a time, we're revolutionizing and redefining what it means to be spiritual in today's modern world. This episode is brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. As I graduate myself, the health coaching certification has been a huge ally for me to be where I'm at today. Are you curious to learn more or thinking of kicking off a new chapter in your career? Head over to the show notes and click the link to get a delicious, massive discount of $2,000 off of your tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off if you use a payment plan. And my love, don't forget, you have to use my name as a referral to get this epic discount. And just in case you forgot, my name is Sa Di Simone. Hello, my loves, and welcome to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. Today's guest is Cristina Almeida. I met Cristina in Ibiza, Spain. Cristina attended my retreat uh, a few months ago in, in Ibiza. And uh, the moment I got to hear um, some of her story, I was like, honey, would you be down to come on the podcast and talk about your story? And she said, yes. So here we are. Christina is also the founder and CEO of Pudora.com. Uh, we're going to talk all about her brand, the business that she started and her backstory from tears to triumph, from pain into poetry. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Lots of love to all of you. Mwah! Christina, hi, my love. Welcome to the Spiritually Sassy Show. So happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, hi. And where are you? So I am in Miami, in my new mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. Beautiful thunderstorm just came through. So mm. I feel um, reborn in this moment. <laughs> nice. And you were living in New yes. York before, right? I was. I moved to Miami about like six months ago now. Okay. Loving it? Yeah. 
and I am loving it. I just wanted to get more in touch with nature. So I just moved into a new house. I mm -hmm. am held completely by a little nest of trees. Mm -hmm. And yeah, totally different from New York <laughs> in the concrete oh jungle. Yeah. <laughs> As you know. And yeah. It's so interesting to me. I mean, I, I was just in New York this past week and celebrating my mom's victory with cancer for the second time. And it's just kind of the spot that we meet because of my, my little brother lives there. So my sister was staying with my parents in Florida and my parents were, of course, in Florida. Everyone just flew to New York. It was just kind of an easier point for us all to meet. There's shorter flight than having them come all the way to California where I currently live. And just being in that space, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I I, I lived here for 11 years, 11 years of like, yeah. and there's something really amazing that I found beauty in the chaos. I found beauty in the hecticness, but I feel like I was addicted to busy culture. That's why New York was so, was so uh, seductive for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I was actually back in New York last week. I went back okay. for an event and it was interesting because it was the first time that I was back since I moved and I'm like, am I going to be missing it? What am I going to feel? Yeah. Yeah. And actually I got there and I really didn't miss it. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I think this phase is done, but mm -hmm. I did reflect mm -hmm. a lot. And I think I too was really addicted to the chaos and just loved the hustle and bustle and just how quickly things are getting done there. But, you know, I think it was a great time of growth as well because there is so much opportunity and networking and some beautiful people in New York as well. So That's right. it is what you make of it, I think, as well. Um, okay. So I think it was yeah. a great, great moment for me. There was some ups and there was some downs as well oh in New yes. York. Lots, <laughs> lots. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I got, you know, we're going to talk about addiction today, which I'm really excited to get into it. And I think, uh, it's such a taboo topic and us being vulnerable and honest, radically honest about our experience with it will, will definitely shed light on, um, illuminating the path to be free of it for, for those listening. New York for me was, was the culprit of, it was like the heyday of my, of my, um, of my addiction, but also a lot of beautiful things happen. I created a lot of beautiful art. I danced into the sunrise so many times. I I walked those streets like a supermodel. Clearly I'm not, but I felt like one, you know? <laughs> um, I just had so much liberation. You know, nighttime, light, night light for me was my church at that point. Um, and a lot of harm was was done, you know, but I I... I'm just so grateful for all of it. Okay. I'm like going on this whole rant about New York right now. <laughs> I don't miss New York. And for those of you who live in New York, I love you. Thank God for you. If New York's still serving you, keep living that fantasy. Me, all fantasies be fully lived all the time. Let's talk about you, my sweet love. Um, okay. Who are you right now? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> right now, I, I feel like I... I'm very empowered and I am ready. I'm just, I'm ready to inspire. I'm ready mm -hmm. to serve. And I feel like I have woken up from a very toxic slumber <laughs> and, mm. and um, I'm just, I, I want to share my experience and in sharing my experience, I really want to help other people and I want to, mm. I want to help the planet, but 
most of all, I just, I really feel, I feel like a warrior almost. I feel like a, a survival. I feel like so many things right mm -hmm, now, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just feel like I, I am remembering who I am as well. I have mm -hmm. this childlike wonder mm -hmm, within me, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I'm just so empowered. It. I'm a child and mm -hmm, <laughs> I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am also discovering so much of who I am mm -hmm. every single day and I'm just ready. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I love this, and you know, one could say that this description is a is is what the description of a of a of a, of a mahasida or a bodhisattva or a radical saint. You know, someone who is like just ready and with that warrior like concentration to help. You know, that sharpness to help. So that's so beautiful to hear. Thank you, thank you so much. And let's talk about let's talk about Pildora, this sustainable wellness shop that you have this online store that you have what was the catalyst to getting you to start that and does your spiritual awakening have anything anything to do i mean i know the answer to it but for the listeners they're like what mm -hmm. happened this is pildora the byproduct of a spiritual awakening what was what, what what moved you to want to create an online space that was community driven and also mission driven um and, and an online hub for, for products that are, that are you know, helpful, uh, genuinely helpful, hand-picked, so, so beautifully picked in a way that everything in the shop is good for you. I don't think a lot of, a lot of places can say that about what they, wow, about what they sell to us, you know? So question is, is have, when you had your spiritual awakening, and I want to hear about it, did that lead you to start Pildora? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start with Pildora. So Pildora is, it's not just a shop and I never wanted to just sell things. I want to build a community that can really better people's lives without endangering mm -hmm. the future of the planet because I love the planet. I love nature and I love people. So mm -hmm. my sustainable journey led me to realize that it actually starts with reconnecting to yourself. And mm -hmm. I see it as this sort of three-step philosophy. So it's reconnecting to yourself and then it's reconnecting to other people, looking at, you know, what are your relationships to other human beings in your life? Mm -hmm. And then the final step is then looking at what is my relationship to the planet? Because I don't mm -hmm. think that if you don't care about yourself, how are you mm -hmm. going to care about uh, mm -hmm. the planet? How are you going to care about other people? So it's really, you know, it goes in that, in those steps. And I love those steps, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I think mm -hmm. it really makes sense, you know, and mm -hmm. um, that's kind of my experience that I had. And so I thought we need to create a community and we need to create a place where we can share those values and where we can, um, you know, really, really share products that, that actually are bettering people's lives, but at mind, body, and soul from the inside out. And so that's mm -hmm. what I've tried to create with Pildora. And it definitely was, you know, a direct came directly from my spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then leading to where did my spiritual awakening begin? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, or when was it? I feel like I've had many spiritual awakenings. Of course. Continuously, right? You know, we <laughs> yeah, had one this morning. We're having one right now, you know? But the yeah. sort of the, like those, the, the ones that like that radically change our lives. We have many, many moments of awakening throughout the mm -hmm. day. And for, for all of us who are disciplined about liberation, it's, it's several spiritual awakenings in a day. But then the one that's sort of like, turns your life around that it's like you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, who the fuck am I? What, how yeah. have I been living? What happened to my life? And you have this, this moment of despair, 
mixed with like tremendous inspiration, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, about five years ago, I was really, really dependent and addicted to prescription medications. Mm-hmm. So I was taking a lot of Xanax. I was taking in a lot of Adderall. And I was prescribed all of these things mm-hmm. and um, Vyvanse, Ambien, you know, a, a lot of different things. And mm-hmm. I had actually unintentionally become dependent on these medications. But at the same time, I was feeling quite crazy. I was in a depression and mm-hmm. I, I felt like a zombie. And I was drinking a lot of alcohol at the end of the day just to go to sleep and just to get over all of the anxiety that I was feeling from all of these medications. And to be honest, I was really overprescribed. I mm-hmm. I went to a doctor and I just barely you know, mentioned that I had anxiety. All of a sudden, it's three milligrams of clonopin. You know, uh, wow. I can't focus and I'm doing not well in school. Okay, ten milligrams of Adderall. And if you can't go to sleep off of the Adderall, well, then here's some Ambien. You know, mm-hmm. and so holy I fuck, think, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so eventually. I decided, okay, I don't want to take them anymore. And I did it really in the wrong way. And this ended up with me um, having my first seizure Mm -hmm. um, on Mm -hmm. a treadmill. That was the first one. And um, that was uh, pretty intense. And since that moment, I I have had a lot of seizures. And Mm. I guess that's at that point, um, I moved from Dallas to L.A., Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after experiencing so many seizures, because <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, you'd think that after you had a seizure or these health problems, you'd be like, okay, it's time to stop. You know, I need to stop drinking, stop doing drugs. But, you know, mm-hmm. the mind of an addict is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I did not. I did not right away until mm-hmm. eventually something happened and I feel like I was struck by, you know, lightning. And just mm-hmm. all of a sudden in my head, it just made sense. I'm like, okay, I need to go to rehab. I need mm-hmm. to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. And I also need to get rid of every single person in my life and just get the hell out of here because I think I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that was just the awakening. And I, I started to change my community. I um, took a yoga teacher training. I went to Tulum mm-hmm. and was just completely uh, engulfed in nature. And everything just started to, to start to clear. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was definitely, I think, the most intense spiritual awakening. I moved away from, I had been living in LA at that point, um, mm-hmm. six years mm-hmm. and uh, dating somebody that was quite a toxic relationship for six years and literally went to Tulum, came back within 48 hours, just moved out of my house and uh, never saw him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. It was quite mm-hmm. intense. So, um, mm-hmm. and then moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. uh I would say one of the most intense spiritual awakenings that I've had. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been uh, on a sober journey since? Because for me, it was similar too. I stopped doing hard drugs in twenty in the f- winter of 2012, but it wasn't until the spring of 2017 that I actually made a vow of lucidity, of sobriety, of, mm-hmm. of clearness, of awakefulness, right? I really committed to a life of, 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 of being awake and, and yeah. anything that wasn't supporting that, that awakening had to go. So pot went, uh, the little glass of wine here and there went, mm-hmm. you know, the little tequila went, MDMA went, you know, the little, the mushrooms went all the things that weren't, that I hadn't, I hadn't seen them as like initially as something that was like, 
uh, dimming my light. I thought that they were sort of like lubricants to 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 freedom, to to spiritual awakening. And I'm pretty radical when it comes to this stuff, right? Everyone listening, if your fantasy involves any of the things that I said that doesn't involve in mine, keep living your fantasy. But here's what I have to offer you all. And, and Christina is going to share about her experience too. It's like, if you've never questioned your relationship to drugs and alcohol. It could be the pot that helps you to go to sleep. It could be the mushrooms that have supported you to to pierce the veil of reality. It could be the glass of wine at dinner with your friends, whatever, all the things that that we don't necessarily see as bad, right? Or that they are the ones that are the culprit to our suffering, uh, whatever it may be. All I'm asking from you, the listener, is to just question your relationship to everything. See if you can go a month, two months, a year without touching anything that clutters the mind and just see what happens, right? Just see what happens. Okay, back to you, my love. So tell me about your sobriety journey. Like when was the actual point of like, no, I'm done? So I also did it in phases. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so about five years ago when I had this awakening, I really quit all of the things that I felt that were really damaging my life mm-hmm. and that I was dependent on. So that was all of the prescription medications, all like the really hard drugs. And then I, I moved to New York and there came a point where I decided I was no longer going to drink liquor mm-hmm. and so hard alcohol. So I was like, okay, well mm-hmm. I can still do wine. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. at that, that point I also got rid of weed. Mm-hmm. And then my next phase mm-hmm. came, um, the most recent, which was five months ago when mm-hmm. I just decided I want to be completely clear and mm-hmm. I don't think alcohol at all, even wine is serving mm-hmm. me anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of the phases of, of my sobriety journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, fa- this past five months have been so transformative for me since mm-hmm. I've just gone completely sober and I've had so many realizations. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was still coping with wine and I really have worked on my mental health and there was mm-hmm. so much that I was mm-hmm. storing and so much trauma that I hadn't dealt with. And that's what has really mm-hmm. come up. And it's crazy how much we can process when, you know, we allow ourselves to. Mm. You said the words when we allow ourselves to, and the allowing the way I'm interpreting is when we have the willingness to sit in the discomfort, right? The mm-hmm. willingness to look, the willingness to, to, to be, and intrigued by our shadow, uh, dark aspects enough that we're able to, den- uh, you know, bring it all to the surface and, and allow it all to change. Uh, it no longer needs to be a, a creepy little um, dysfunctional part of our mind that we're just kind of drinking our ways to distract, smoking away to distract, medicating our, our ways to distract. It's like when you pull the plug from intoxicants. It, all of it, it's it's a really crazy thing, right? Where it's like, it's so brave. Being sober is so fucking brave. <laughs> yeah. It's like, when I think about me and my boyfriend living sober lives and my sister is also sober, but then I sit with my with people in my family who are not sober and other friends who are not sober. And it's just, I look at those who are sober in environments that are so uh, conducive for drugs and alcohol. I think about this is one of the most radical acts. You know, I was teaching in New York not too long ago over the summer at the gay and sober community during gay pride. And it was just like this 
you know, such a, a bold move. And I kept reminding the people in the room, I was like, guys, being gay is so fucking radical that you are actually like standing up to be your truth self. And now you're actually choosing to be gay and sober. Holy fucking shit. This is wild, you know? So anyone in a, in a, in a, in a marginalized and oppressed community, like a woman, like a brown gay man, it's all of these aspects. You're, it's so profoundly brave to choose to just question it, right? questioning our our intoxication and then as you said all of it that's in the background all the unprocessed trauma makes their way to the surface because our nature is healing our true nature is to unravel the knots but if we are not creating the conducive inner environment for the inner knots to be unraveled uh, because we're drinking our way to numbness because we're we're smoking our way to numbness we're just cluttering our perception of ourselves and we're cluttering our, our 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 ability and inner resources to deal with what's what hasn't been dealt with. My question to you, my love, is tell me about the the going off prescriptions um, and your own personal research. You and I spoke about this in uh in when we were in Spain not too long ago about um, how overprescription is such a huge part of the system of, of, of our healthcare system. And you also shared with me, uh, and perhaps I'm over speaking about this on the record, but you shared with me that your, your partner was kind of surprised how doctors in the United States were trying to like, be like, <laughs> take this thing. And, and your partner's <laughs> like, yo, I'm, I'm fine, honey. Like I'm okay. It's not, you know, like, so can you mm -hmm. speak to the over prescription? Because I, I don't have, I haven't had that, that problem, the addiction. I was addicted to cocaine, to pot, to alcohol, um, so when it comes to the prescription and when I was suicidal, when my depression was suicidal, um, I, there was just something inside of me, a, a whisper from the silence inside of my heart that urged me to go to India instead of seek, uh, uh, medication. And again, guys, I say all of this with the most enormous, that's why I wanted to bring Christina on the show, because I feel like it's two sides. If you have a problem and you feel like the problem is too big that you can't handle it right now, having the medical support is necessary. But please, God, simultaneously look to the mystics, look to the saints and sages. What have they prescribed those who were in pain? You know, we can't just rely in the medical system to help us. We have to look at it at all of it through this lens. Okay, medical system says X, Y, and Z. Spiritual technology says X, Y, and Z. How could I do my best effort to, to merge both worlds? And slowly, slowly, what I've seen with my personal clients, students, and for years of working with, with, uh, with polytrauma survivors, they start with the, with, the, with the prescription. Slowly, slowly, very, very gentle, very, very slowly, they're able to go off of it with meditation, with dance, dance, with breath, with laughter, with all the things that, that, that we study and practice, you know? So tell me about the overprescription in your experience mm -hmm. in the system, because that needs to be sad. And when you told me the story, I said, oh, honey, you have to be on my podcast, please, for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I mentioned, you know, I really was a bit lost. And so my friend recommended, you know, go see a psychiatrist. And I did. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, immediately I was prescribed like three or four different 
medications in one day. So it was the extended release Vyvanse and it was the Adderall once the Vyvanse is wearing mm -hmm, off to kick it mm -hmm. back in. And then it was the Klonopin in case you're feeling anxious from all of the, <laughs> all of the amphetamines that you're on. Mm -hmm. And then if you can't sleep, it was the Ambien. And then after all that, you really felt crazy. So it's like, Hey, let me go drink some alcohol because I just feel absolutely insane. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. a vicious cycle and you end up needing more in the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it, there, I think it's, I saw a statistic that is like 15 million, 50 million people are prescribed just benzos annually. And it's like, that's crazy. So my, yeah, my, my partner, um, mm. he is from Spain and he just moved to the United States he had never been to the United States when I met him. So he was feeling like he was having just some, some health issues really. Mm -hmm. And we went to see a doctor and I, my opinion was that I, I thought he was basically having low blood sugar because he is just a really tall human. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of the concern that we express. And the doctor basically suggested Prozac, you know, an antidepressant <laughs> was like oh basically God. suggesting that he just was depressed. And mm -hmm. he was like, okay, well I can prescribe some Prozac. And I'm like, I think he's just got low, you know, like he needs to get some more protein actually mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly and, uh, mm -hmm. yeah and he was just so shocked he was like no I, I don't want that and so we really talked about the difference you know between oh, the u.s and mm -hmm. places like europe and how overprescribed mm -hmm. we are mm -hmm. as americans and as a society and the culture that has become here mm -hmm. and something that i actually learned in in one of the facility rehab that i that i went to is just like you were saying, you know, there are times when maybe medication is necessary, but these are all things that are meant to be short term and meant to be combined with other practices like yoga, like, you know, nutrition and also meditation. So meant to be combined and also not meant to be long term. So what happens, you know, in your brain is that we're changing these neural pathways. So what like an antidepressant, for example, does is it makes it easier for you to open a new neural pathway. But once you have it opened, when you add in the meditation and the yoga, and you integrate these new practices, which are essentially new neural pathways, mm -hmm. you can you can start to wean off of the antidepressants mm -hmm. and still those new neural pathways, which you have opened up, stay open because you have integrated these new practices and these new habits over an extended period of time that you wouldn't have been able to do essentially on your own. So they can mm. be used for good when used appropriately and in the short term. Wow. Wow. Schooled, honey. Mic drop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And let me ask you something. Very vulnerable question, though. Um, do you think that what got you started into the perpetual cycle of addiction was there something that happened in your life that was that you were sort of like unintentionally running away from? Um, because society says happy hour is where we're going to find happiness, right? So we're going to the bar at 5 p.m. or after work because we think we're going to find happiness. But the truth for me was I was just feeling just really like I was innately broken, that I was just like a, an innate a mistake in a society growing up in a society that we are, uh, you know, that makes us feel like we're a mortal sin um, from birth, right? It, it just kind of, kind of perpetuated this narrative that like every mistake I made, it was a, uh, made me feel, every mistake I made, the way I internalized big or small mistakes were that they were a reflection on, on, on my true nature. So small mistakes, I did something bad, 
oh, I, I hurt that person. Therefore, I am a hurtful person. Therefore, I'm a bad person at the base of my being. It took me years to start to dismantle that view that your that your mistakes aren't not in in they don't they don't have um, they're not partnered and merged and they're not who you are at the base of your being. They are a reflection of your actions. And because I didn't have that awareness. Every time I did, I, every time I, the smallest mistakes could be the smallest things to, to the bigger ones. Anything in that space would always lead me to feel like I was innately a bad person. And the only way that I was able to relax that feeling that I was a bad person was smoking some pot, was drinking some, some, some alcohol, was getting high on an eight ball on a Friday night in New York City, you know, um, in LA too. Um, so for me, it was the, the, the drugs were the, were at that point, the, the pathway to relaxation. That's all I knew, you know? So what was it for you that got you on the path of drugs and alcohol? Well, I think it, you I know, put you on a spot there. I know. No, I, I was, <laughs> I mean, I started drinking when I was really young. I was around it. I, I, mm. I definitely, you know, witnessed, um, it was part of my culture, you know, the Mexican, Mexican culture, mm-hmm. um, a lot of drinking going on, but I think what really got me into, into drugs and the really toxic behavior was when I was a teenager mm. and I got in a really toxic relationship and I also experienced sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And I went through a really traumatic incident in my life, and literally, it was like a a flip switched, and I just all of a sudden lost, you know, all confidence, mm-hmm. and went into a depression, and that I just started, you know, taking ecstasy. I started hanging out with really bad people that were a lot older than me, um, you know, experimenting with a lot of drugs, drinking. I was drinking in high school, like at the school. Um, I was also went through, uh, I I was bullied a lot by older girls Mm -hmm. starting in like eighth grade, just heavily bullied for, you know, being just skinny, tall and and pretty. But what it, I just, I didn't even see that in myself. I I really Mm -hmm. thought I was ugly and, Mm um, you know, bullying is a, is a horrible issue. I, I, at at the core, I just felt like shit about myself. I, I had Mm -hmm. absolutely no self-confidence and Mm -hmm. I thought that through this through drugs, I had found my tribe because, mm-hmm. um, you Me know, too. we, we Me gathered too. together and mm-hmm. we would, um, you know, go to this guy's house and we would all do drugs there. We'd all drink. And when I would take ecstasy, I thought that I thought that I was in love and I thought I was really happy. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, finally I'm, I, I'm loved and I feel love. And this is what, this is magic. You know, this mm-hmm. is what life is supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. And I was so young and just so naive. And I was just completely lost and that mm-hmm. evolved. And I feel like in a way for like 15 years, I got stuck as a 15 year old mm-hmm. and here I am now as a 30 year old, you know, and then mm-hmm. there's times when I've been working with therapists and working on my mental health. And I'm like, wow, like these are feelings of, of me as a 15 year old and remembering that. And so part of what I've been remembering now is, is that child before and the things that I used to love and everything that I, I stopped doing at 15 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. You know, all the things that I used to love before that, that all of a sudden just came to a halt at 15 mm-hmm. when, the, when the flip switched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so wild. And, 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 you know, it's the, the most shocking part about all of this is the fact that we all go through sexual trauma. 
that we all go through some degree or another of bullying, that our culture has just literally, you know, made this this harm so so sort of like we've it's it's so weird how we we just become desensitized to harm you know and how like this hearing you talk about it it just and having and you know spoken to to so many people about these issues for so long it's just more and more evident that's like we've all gone through it now how do you choose to cope with it and transform in your case build a, a, a sustainable wellness brand that helps other people because you've chosen to help yourself you've chosen to turn your pain into poetry you've turned to turn you've chosen to turn your trauma into a message of love and sustainability in this case that's so amazing um i want to talk to uh, to you about like how has your life changed since being sober like how has being radically sober has sort of like brought uh, clarity in your life or, or, you know, you can be honest. I, I, you know, two years into sobriety, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? This is so fucking hard. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> but then, you know, as you, as you get older and as you get, as you, as you mature in your sobriety, um, it just really becomes this, this incredible dance and you feel stronger every day. But I want to hear from your side. How has it been? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think it's been an incredible journey so far, and it's been hard. I think initially I really had to do work, like real work, and just work through some of you know the, the mental and emotional things that I had sort of holding me back that bubbled up initially, you know. But I've also found community, which has been so, so beautiful. And um, I've kind of toyed with a couple of different communities like AA, Recovery Dharma, just mm -hmm. listening to other people's stories and connecting. Mm -hmm. And that has been so beautiful. And I realized that I was completely isolated. And, you know, addiction is very lonely, even if you're completely surrounded with people, which I used to do, I would surround myself with all sorts of party people. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, I was completely, completely alone. Yeah. And so just like finding like-minded people and community and reconnecting to nature and reconnecting to myself, I feel that from the outside, I think people probably might think that I've become quite boring, mm -hmm. but from the inside, my world has completely expanded and I have just started mm -hmm. to get to know myself on a whole other level and mm -hmm. get to know like what I really love and finding so much joy and it's happening so quickly. And I think for me, I'm just a very like extreme person too. So mm -hmm. things change quickly. Yeah. yeah. Things change quickly. <laughs> and honestly, some of the practices that, you know, that you have shown me have been amazing too. Like dance. I've been dancing mm -hmm. on the daily and mm -hmm. just like really finding joy in in new things and mm -hmm. getting like goosebumps from, from dance and mm -hmm. from reading mm -hmm. and finding real, real emotions from conversations with people and just, just things that just would not have happened when I was mm -hmm. drinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For someone who is addicted to prescriptions, 
uh, prescription pills and, and alcohol, what would you what would you say to them? Like, what would you tell them? Someone who's listening and, and is kind of desensitized by by you know by the, the their lifestyle. They're kind of just like, "Yep, yeah, I'm fine," you know. And what would you tell them? Or someone who is in desperate pain, like what would you kind of orient their minds with? You know, I think that it's different for everyone. So I think, you know, you really have to ask yourself tough questions and then mm-hmm. ask yourself, is mm-hmm. this is this truly the life that you, you know, want to live? Mm-hmm. And and also also, you know, prescription medications are are very physically addicting too. So you, you do need to be careful with any sort of detox that you are doing. So definitely don't do what I did, which is mm-hmm. just go cold turkey and then you know, um, have a, have a seizure, um, mm-hmm. because that can happen. So it can be lethal, but I think just sit with yourself mm-hmm. and start journaling and see what comes up. I think that's really the most healing thing you can do, but mm-hmm. I think also connecting, connecting and reaching out to people and reaching out to family and, mm-hmm. you know, finding support. But I think it's just, you know, different for every person and and just really where you're at. So, I think that's a that's a hard question. I don't I don't really know exactly. It's a really what. hard question, but you said it. I think it's sit down, ask. You said three things that I that I noted in my mind as a list. You said first thing, ask yourself is this the life that you want to live? If and if I, if someone sat me down and said this is the life that you want to live, I would I would I would it would take me for a spin. I would be like, "Um, no, but I'm fine, but no, but I'm fine." And then the next thing you said, seek community, right? Um, mm-hmm. Find support, talk to people, and um, and um, um, and and the third thing you said is take it easy, right? To go slow, go slow, like start yes. start slow, patience. Go slow. yeah, patience. Um, and the community part, it's so huge, right? There's a talk on, there's a TEDx, a TED talk, and I and I with for his name is Johan Hari. Uh, saying that the antidote to addiction is not sobriety, is community. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had I had him on the. I'm, I'm doing this partnership with Facebook where I host these audio rooms um, with with experts in a variety of different fields. And that one day, the talk was about addiction, and and the addiction talk came. Addiction was the byproduct of loneliness, and that's what the talk was about. You may yes. feel surrounded. You may be surrounded by people and feeling so so lonely. Is that what you felt? Absolutely. And I mean, I started surrounding myself with people from a very young age when I started doing drugs. And I, I, there's when you start <laughs> taking benzos, particularly and mixing with alcohol. Yeah. You get a lot of memory loss and there's like weeks of my life and maybe even years that I just don't really remember what was going on. And I had all sorts of people coming in and out of my house and I honestly didn't really care who was there or what was going on as long as I had somebody there. Mm -hmm. So there was this empty loneliness that, you know, maybe stemmed from my childhood from the fact that, you know, my father left when we were really young and moved back to Mexico and we didn't see him very often. And I felt somewhere inside of me an emptiness where I felt like maybe Mm -hmm. that was my fault. And so Mm -hmm. I, I guess I, I just filled that that emptiness with constantly having somebody around, literally mm-hmm. not caring who it was. Mm-hmm. And that evolved even when I lived in LA at a certain point and I realized when I finally left LA and I had 
absolutely no contact with anyone and nobody actually even re- like cared to reach out to me that all of these people that I thought were my friends were just party friends. They didn't mm-hmm. care about me. And, you know, the moment that I stopped providing the party, they were done with me and mm-hmm. the party continued. You know, once you leave, the party continues. The yeah. party must go on for these people. Yeah. And they don't care if you're there or if you're not there. Wow. You know, someone, I was getting um, a somatic um, uh, uh, therapy uh, session yesterday with this healer. And he said to me, the word alone and all one are very similar. All one and alone. There's only a, there's only an L in difference, right? So we can be surrounded by all these people but at the same time feel utterly and profoundly alone. The problem with that is because we are relying on external validation. We're relying on external feedback that, that we matter, that we exist, that we are worthy, that we are deserving, that we have a mission, that our dreams matter, that we are constantly seeking out external support to validate our, our who we are. But it's what you said it earlier on, the three pillars the three R's, I think, reconnect to yourself, reconnect to your community, and reconnect to the planet. Uh, it's it's such a spiritual teaching that you offered earlier on, um, so profound because you could be surrounded by lots of people, but if you don't have a deep connection with yourself, with your heart, with who you are, and I'm talking about a psychological nudity, I'm talking about a spiritual nudity, where you could just be radically honest and brutally honest about who you are to yourself, you won't be able to connect to other people in a deep way. Therefore, you're always going to feel alone. You're always going to not feel seen or heard or loved. And, and you won't even know how to communicate um, your needs to the world, right? So you're literally, and then of course, the, the third R that you said, it's you're not going to be able to live it because if you don't have a connection to yourself or connection to others, how could you connect to this beautiful earth that we live in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So one thing that comes up for me through all of this is a question that I ask every guest too is tell me about the role of forgiveness when it comes to like sobriety and when it comes to awakening, when it comes to healing trauma. I mean, in a variety of ways, can you speak to forgiveness in your life? Yeah, I think forgiveness is definitely, you know, essential. It's, it's moving from the past and moving into the present. Mm. And I, I definitely worked on, on this and, I I definitely practice forgiveness with elements from my childhood and really letting go and realizing that, you know, we all have things with our parents. And I think at the end of the day, you know, they're humans as well. So it's acceptance. Mm -hmm. And, and also, you know, when I, when I thought about the the really traumatic experience that I had when I was 15, where I experienced sexual trauma, Mm -hmm. I, I did feel in a sense, forgiveness, like it's not okay what happened to me. But at the same time, I felt a sense of forgiveness because I wanted to like, I wanted to move on. So in a way it was for me, but also I just, you know, realized that we're all human beings and everything is stemming from something that has happened to us. Like whoever's causing pain to you, it's because they have so much pain, Mm -hmm. you know, where's their pain coming from? Mm -hmm. What happened to that person that they needed to do this to you? They must be in so much pain. So I wrote a letter to this person that had really, you know, damaged me and hurt me. And I felt light, you know, I felt 
a weight lifted off of me. And at the end of it all, I had to forgive myself as well because mm-hmm. I felt guilt, you know, guilt for the person that I was, you know, mm-hmm. six, seven years ago, I was a shitty person and I've also hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I've also come to understand that people can change because I have. And so mm-hmm. I have forgiven myself for mm-hmm. all the things that I've done to people, mm-hmm. for the things that I did to myself because I used to hurt myself, you know, and, and, that's, I guess, you know, all the different levels of forgiveness I really feel I have mm-hmm. practiced in my life. Mm, that's so beautiful. Oh, my God. Yes, honey. Full body. <laughs> yes. And it's you're so brave, you know, being a CEO of a company and being able to talk about, about forgiveness in, in this brutally honest way. You know, it really takes tremendous courage. And I just want to applaud you for for really changing, paving a new trail, you know, showing people that the sanctifying their pain, that turning their lives into a into a holy altar is the way to to, to genuine happiness. And you've done such a beautiful, impeccable job with that. Uh, so thank you for thank that. You. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I want to talk a little bit more about Pildora. Where does the, na- the name came comes from? Because I I didn't I don't think I asked you this even when we, we were in Spain <laughs> together. And I'm like now that I think about it, it's like tell me about the name. I'm sure there's a meaning behind it. Yes. So people are always really confused because when they Google Pildora, it says like little pill or it says pill. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, but it, it has, you know, a lot of uh, heart behind it. So when I was born, um, I was raised in Mexico, in Chihuahua, Mexico. And my grandfather, it's sort of an endearing term when something's really small, um, you call it a pildora, at least where mm. I'm from. And so he called me pildora when I was a baby. And so it's actually been my nickname, like my whole life. So my father still calls me Pilora. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, um, I started the company after my fa- my grandfather had passed away. So I, I wanted to sort of carry his entrepreneurial spirit with me and start the company with, with his, you know, soul and spirit with me and um, just kind of has that, that family um, lineage and, and heart in the, in the name as well as with the mission of having it also mean, you know, pill, I felt that I wanted to offer people a different lifestyle and this holistic approach to healing. Mm -hmm. So I sort of feel like it has this double meaning. Um, While it has a lot of heart and soul, it's also kind of with the mission to not necessarily get people off of pills, but offer people another avenue and another way and alternative practices by which that they can really live um, a more fulfilling life um, and a wellness, you know, a wellness journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. So what are your sort of go-to practices today for wellness? You talked about dance earlier. I want to know about that. What are yeah, the- dance has become yeah, mm-hmm. very integrated into my daily life. But um, I, on a daily basis, I... I meditate and I also, I have to get in at least five minutes of yoga. I just, I love to move my body. I also journal. I try to do daily journaling. And I also, something that really, really helped me with kind of self-love and on my self-love journey is affirmations. Mm -hmm. So uh, every day I write down my affirmations and my gratitude practice as well was really, really instrumental in, in my healing and um, one of my favorite things in the morning, as well as my matcha, 
that's just a must. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love my matcha. So that's kind of, um, you know, part of my wellness. And I have just different rituals throughout my day. Um, my morning ritual is my, uh, you know, cleansing of the face and just putting my beautiful, clean beauty products on as well. And something I've been working on, which I told you as well in, in Spain, was just starting to get more into my feminine, my goddess vibe. Mm, so mm, really mm. putting on like beautiful goddess clothing, dancing mm-hmm. around and just coming into that feminine space because I've been such a, a masculine energy for so long, you know, mm. with getting my company and entrepreneur and being around a lot of men and having to have that energy that I'm like, I want to step a little bit more into the feminine. So really be putting something really beautiful on the morning and flowing around like a fairy around the house. Mm. And, um, and then, uh, you know, at the end of the day as well, my skincare routine is just, it's a moment for me to just sit down and make time. Like people so often now I think are just forgetting the whole routine. They just have their products all thrown in a corner, um, the bathroom and just, you know, wash their face with whatever. For me, it's a ritual. And I just mm-hmm. sit there and I really have a time and a moment where I just look myself in the eyes and take care of this body that is a temple to me. Mm-hmm. So those are some of mm-hmm. some of the wellness practices that I do on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I love it. One thing that you talked about the matcha, I have something from Pildora. It's a turmeric matcha mix. Yes. That you you blend it with like coconut milk. We either have coconut milk at the house or almond milk with a little honey or maple syrup and honey that is delicious. (laughs) What an interesting mix. You know, I usually have like a golden milk. It's just like the turmeric latte or just the matcha. But the combination of both, surprisingly incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I drink every day is the matcha turmeric because – it also the turmeric in it you know it's anti-inflammatory and i think that particular mix has like a little coconut and a little cinnamon mm-hmm. cinnamon and it tastes absolutely so good so mm-hmm. we've i think i don't know if we sent you that if you got this one but the the coconut collagen that i've been mixing in there as well so uh, mm-hmm. it's a coconut collagen creamer which you can also mix into your coffee i um, need so it if you don't have it yet send it to me I you love your coffee. Yeah, I stopped <laughs> drinking coffee. I stopped drinking coffee. It's been six weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, so okay. that's why I'm talking about this, what you sent to me. Um, and, you know, everything's changed around that because I'm actually like going to even the more and more, more subtle layers of any anything that's like that has addiction to me that I was like I would wake up in the morning and just even before I meditated or or, or said my prayers, I could like – smell coffee in my mind. And that's when I knew, okay, girl, something's got to change, honey. Like addiction, Mm -hmm. another way that you are holding, creating a prison for yourself in your mind with a substance that's outside of you. Um, So I said, "Uh -uh, I need to break from coffee. So um, thank you for sending that because that's like legit something that I love. And I want to encourage everybody to go to Pildora and get this, pildora.com and get this this turmeric, uh, matcha mix, and I forgot the little thingy. What is these things called? The little um, stirry thingies, you know? The whisker, 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 or the, or the matcha whisk. Yeah, it's an electronic one. Electronic mm-hmm. ones. It's a it's electronic whisk. Is that what it's called in English? Oh my god, I need. I think that. so. Okay, so you just <laughs> you just order. I don't know. Do you guys have that at Pildora too? The electronic uh, whisker. We don't have the whisk. Mm-mm. Okay, but okay, you could either get it on Pildora.com or you can get it anywhere else. Um, but on Pudora.com, get this matcha turmeric mix with a little bit of honey if you're not vegan, and if you and and or with a little bit of maple syrup, um, 
if you are vegan and and it, you heat up the milk coconut milk really works for me or almond milk and honey that is just such a delicious treat and you feel and it's a relaxed energy that's how the best describe that you know mm-hmm. how i feel and of course then i know all the benefits of turmeric you know that's like super healing and relaxing and, and highly anti-inflammatory you know one of the things that the the doctors were telling my mom during her cancer journey out of all the epic things that they're out there to help people who are going through a cancer journey to decrease inflammation in their body one of the things that they do tell the patients it's to incorporate turmeric into their to their lifestyle so imagine you're drinking that in the morning to start your day uh, or if you're someone who's like oh, i'm not quitting coffee girl it's fine but instead of you having your second cup of coffee have this matcha turmeric mix uh, from Pildora and just start to notice how you sleep better you know there's so many there's so many layers to it um you sent me something that has like a, a glitter face oh yes uh, it's the, the what ether. is that? Yes, the brand is Ether, and it's the the glow. It's an illuminating moon glow. Um, yes, I for the lo- body and for the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. Oh my god! And I was so pleasantly surprised because I haven't tried that yet. Um, but I I shared with my I shared with my boyfriend all the all the amazing gifts that I received. I'm like, hey, check this out! Oh my god, I'm working with Pildora. I'm gonna have the CEO on the, uh, of the company on the podcast, and then I showed him the that, and I didn't make much of it at that point. But I didn't realize that he was going to be. This was yesterday, and he was so excited. And we arrived at dinner last night, and I'm like, Ben. You are like glowing, and then look closer. I'm like, oh, this bitch is like legit has glitter on his face, you know. Um, but it's a clean product. It's a clean product. Yes. It's something that's like you know, um, uh, cruelty free, and it has all these like great aspects to it. And then you have this external, um, you know, shimmer, which is so cool. Yeah, all clean, all sustainably made, like everything that we sell. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that we bring onto the site, we, we focus on the three E's, which is ethical, environmental, and economical. So we're looking at mm-hmm. how the brand is impacting the earth, um, you know, how people are treated who are creating these products and making sure that, you know, no animals were hurt in the creation. And then also how these brands are giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. What's your, like, what is like a few things in the Pudora uh, shop right now that you're like, these are must haves. I know it's kind of, I'm asking the founder and CEO of the company, mm-hmm. I puts you on the spot a little bit, but like, what is something that the listener is listening to right now that you're like, girl, you got to get these things. By the way, the candle that you sent me, it smells incredible. It's currently burning since last night in the altar. We did a Lakshmi altar, an abundance altar. For, for the goddess uh, of, of, of abundance, Lakshmi. Om Shri Mahalakshmi Yenamaha, Mahalakshmi. So the candle mm-hmm. is currently burning since late afternoon yesterday, still going um, on Amazing. the abundance, on the Lakshmi altar, the candle that you they, that you sent me. But tell me like, what's some of the, the like, go-to things that, like what are the, the sort of wellness basics that you have from the site that the listener, you know, um, should go check it out? Well, I am obsessed, obviously, with the matcha, as we've discussed. I love the new collagen creamer, even mixing that with the matcha or coffee. Um, I love all of our beauty products. We sell RMS, which is a really well-known brand. So, I mean, I'm using it right now. Every day, I put the RMS beauty products on and Ether as well. You have impeccable so, skin, um, you guys. I've been able to see Christina <laughs> up close, and she has impeccable 
impeccable skin. You're just like, what is mm -hmm. up, honey? Okay, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, all the serums <laughs> that we sell are amazing. So we have this electric daisy serum, which is actually um, a natural Botox. Mm. So um, yeah, it really nourishes the skin. And we have beauty oil by RMS. Absolutely. All of these are must-haves. Mm -hmm. um, I really love our supplements as well. I love bee pollen that I sprinkle on top of my matcha. It has so many health benefits. And then the adaptogens that we sell, which mm -hmm. are you know really healthy mushrooms. And um, there's one called Balance My Stress, which is really nice to just add to your smoothie or to your matcha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we have another one that's by a brand called Rainbow. It's an 11, it has 11 super mushrooms in, mixed in, and it helps you... Um, focus it gives you energy and it's just like it helps your nails and your hair grow it has like every health benefit ever so mm -hmm. i think adaptogens are a really really cool thing mm -hmm. huge um, huge mm -hmm. yeah i mean i could go on for forever because i absolutely love i know it's like you curate the list so it's <laughs> like you know listen the adaptogens are something that helped me i'm glad you brought that up because sometimes i forget all the things i had to do to become sober to actually live mm -hmm. and enjoy sobriety adaptogens were such a huge part of the mix for me you know i'm glad you brought that up and um and I, I do want to see, I do want to check out the, the website for some of the adaptogens and, and do some stories around it so people can actually like um, bring that back into their space. So uh, adaptogenic, um, adaptogens helped me tremendously. They're like, they help you with the stress response, right? So they, they're, they're kind of like calming and energizing and balancing um, for, for, for our, for our, our bodies, um, natural, they're natural. Of course, they're, they're a variety mm -hmm. of different herbs and, and roots and mushrooms. And one other thing that, um, that my mom's holistic doctor, this isn't the, the traditional, uh, doctor, cancer doctor. This is the, 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 the holistic naturopathic doctor that she went to see during the cancer treatment as well, prescribed her, so many epic mushrooms, so many adaptogenic mushrooms, like so many. So I can't speak to this enough. Um, that is also, I feel like a must. I'm glad you brought this up, my love, because we yeah. all, if you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you're having a lot of inflammation in your body, go get adaptogenic mushrooms on Pildora. Uh, you're going to notice, and it happens kind of fast too. You notice for the first two weeks how wildly different you feel. And then after two weeks, it kind of balances you out. That kind of starts to become your default a little bit. But again, you can't just rely on that. You got to do your meditation. You got to do your dance. You got to do your yes. breath. You got to do your service. You got you to do a variety of different things. Um, and take your medications if you are um, on medication. And take your, your adaptogenic supplements. Simultaneously, the combination, you're going to get free. You're going to get free. Thank you so much, my love. Wow. And the tincture, it's it's so easy. It's literally just an oil and you can put it directly in your mouth every morning or you can put it into your tea, your coffee, whatever. You don't taste it at all. So mm. it couldn't be easier to just integrate that into your daily life. Love, 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 love. Oh my and goodness. And we okay. actually uh, just... Yeah, just please go. I, I have just so many questions. I'm like, fuck, the time's no, gone just, by so fast. I know. <laughs> just to quickly mention, we also have clothing. So we have um, a really amazing brand called Girlfriend, which I absolutely love because they're actually, like every brand we sell has an amazing mission. I'm in love with all of them. And this mm -hmm. brand, they are taking plastic out of the ocean and taking plastic, diverting it from landfill. They weave it into a fabric and turn it into athleisure. So it's basically clothes you could use for yoga, for working out, and even just for hanging around the house. So we just introduced some new colors 
And mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with this brand also because they're very inclusive. So they have very large sizes and very small sizes. Mm-hmm. So they use, you know, plus size models and they use all different sorts of models. And the brand is just really, really cool. So definitely check that on the site as well. Mm, I love that. Okay. Top thing that makes you feel sexy every day. I mean, I feel very sexy lately when I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. And I think I've just, like I said, been connecting to that feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And I've even, I've been singing. But yeah, just having that sort of goddess moment as I've been dancing. I've been making these videos on my Instagram. <laughs> just completely letting go and just being vulnerable, connecting to the earth and just dancing with the trees. Just having mm. my goddess moment. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. And then tell me, how do you define someone who's spiritually sassy? What does spiritually sassy mean to you? I'm inviting the community to help me define. And um, every time mm-hmm. I ask this question, I always get like, oh my God. So ev- of course we've already, we, we as a team already see you as spiritually sassy. That's why you're on the show, but help us define that word. I think spiritually sassy is just being hundred percent unapologetically yourself it's also connecting to the yin and the yang it's it's connecting to your masculine it's connecting to your feminine it's allowing yourself to be 100% you and really not caring what anyone else thinks about you it can you know it's it's your spiritual self but also just your true authentic self and i think spiritually sassy you know it can be loud and proud it can be it can also be that sensual, beautiful, passionate, feminine side. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's really just acceptance of who you are and just opening and being vulnerable and showing that to the world. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so how do we find you and what do we need to know for everyone to go to? Like, what? what how do we leave people with right now? Mm-hmm. So definitely check out the site pildora.com you can also follow us on instagram which is at pildora now you can check me out on instagram which is at christina ray almeida um soon i'm gonna be launching a podcast as well hey uh, hopefully you'll be one of my guests (laughs) joining us absolutely Um, Mm. we'll see but um yeah i think uh also you can check us out on youtube uh, at Christina Ray and yeah, I mean, I think that's that's pretty much where you can check us out. We're on Instagram, we're we're on TikTok, everywhere. Pildura, and okay. um, we're ready for you to come visit us. Connect with us via DMs. Join the community. Reach out to me personally via DMs if you want to talk anything about addiction, about sobriety. If you have questions on prescriptions or my journey getting off of prescriptions, I'm really there to connect and to support. And I would love to connect. Oh, my God. Thank you for this generous offer. And thank you so much for, um, you know, joining us here today. Truly so honored. And so thank you for such a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lots of love to you, my love. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for holding the space and letting me feel really really safe and sharing my story. I really appreciate you. You're an absolutely beautiful human being. I feel really grateful to have met you. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Love you and everyone listening. Lots of love to you. Peace.